Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing and hopefully Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Bell some myths and misconceptions along the way. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. I'm Julie Coleman, Chief Research Officer for Cantor. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about branding, however, from the perspective of corporate branding. So we know that lots of companies uh, are out there that maybe aren't household names, but they have brands within them that are household names. And so the the idea of today's episode is really to, to sort of think about the role of corporate brands in a current business environment. And our guest today is Gabriella Eklund. She is Vice President, Corporate Brand Communications at Essity, which is a global hygiene and health company. And Essity has um, products that lots of you will be familiar with in the personal care, consumer tissue, and professional hygiene sectors, leading global brands like Tena, Torque, Bodyform, Libress, lots of brands that you guys will have heard of. We're really pleased to have her here today because she's just gone through a really interesting process of creating a new corporate brand name, the Essity brand name, when the company was spun off of their parent company. So welcome, Gabriella, and can you tell us a little bit about the process that you went through and the journey you've been on? Sure, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and um, uh, it, it has been a, a big challenge. And uh, it all started probably back in uh, the summer of uh, 2016 when uh, the then company SCA, a global leading hygiene and forest products company, decided to um, suggest to the shareholders uh, of the company to spin off the hygiene part. And the hygiene part was literally back then about 85% of the whole business. 
the uh, annual general meeting for the shareholders where this was going to be proposed uh, was going to be held in April the year after. And we're now in sort of August 2016, right? So uh, uh, a team around me got the uh, task together with myself to look at a new potential name for this global to be hygiene and health business with operations in some 150 countries. And you said it yourself, household brands like Tena, Torque, Libero, Libres, Lutus, Tempo, Vinda. Here in the UK, you're probably uh, most familiar with uh, Velvet, Kuchel and Plenty. So uh, obviously uh, a great task. And that's where it all started. We quickly realized that uh, the big big challenge was not to uh, be able to sort of draw up a brand and a logo and figure out the, the colors and things like that. That would have to come much later. Mm-hmm. The huge part of this was obviously to find a new name, a name that would uh, uh, preferably have some some sort of connotations to uh, hygiene and health and freshness and potentially care, uh, but also be sort of heavy enough to hold a global company with uh, some hundred customer and consumer brands. So that's the big challenge. And that's when it all started. So can we take a step back there? Because that sounds like a mammoth task. And, and, I, and you said you know, this this started in around August 2016, and then it was April of 2017 that the, the big meeting was happening. Yeah. So that's, you know, not a long amount of time to come up with you know, an entire new brand, as, and as you said, with a global footprint mm. to it. So, you know, why was that so important? Why, you know, and how did you do that in such a short amount of time, mm. given that I'm guessing there were lots of different voices in the process and lots of stakeholders and lots of opinions? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, as you say, uh, a lot of things to uh, to keep in mind and and consider. A few success factors from the start was uh, a small project team, and a project team that consisted of different, um, call it expertise areas in the company. So myself heading up this group, uh, a corporate brand strategist type, uh, a person who is uh, very involved with our customer and consumer brands, because obviously Mm. it needs to hold all of these brands. Uh, And uh, a person uh, from our legal department to look at the uh, intellectual property and the the possibilities to uh, get the the legal trademarks organized all over the world. So a small project team. Uh, my, um, my, My boss, who's on the executive management team of the company, was also very involved in the sense that uh, she really sort of organized the um, uh, the connections uh, through her position on the steering group for this project, mm-hmm. uh, but also the links into the executive management team and to the to the board of directors, uh, because the board of directors would sort of be presented with a name, supposedly, sometime after New Year, and then um, hopefully (laughs) like it uh, well enough to bring it to the uh, shareholders as well uh, in time for the annual general meeting. So a small project team to start with, uh, a very, very tight group, because it's also very important to make sure that uh, 
the the hushush around this is super <laughs> super tight and strict because uh, uh, we came to a couple of points in time when we were really really in love with a name or two and we felt that we were close to sort of finding out that we would be able to uh, to get it if you wish uh, and uh, and then obviously we were also at that, those times very sort of careful about not uh, googling too much or or not uh, sharing <laughs> too much about what we were hoping that the name would be uh, so uh, the, the confidentiality around this group and this project was super, super intense as well. We started off with uh, a brief for the name uh, because we realized that the name is going to be the million dollar question here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the brief really guided us through the whole process and project. Uh, We wanted the name to be uh, uh, corporate heavy, uh, but at the same time be easy to pronounce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wouldn't mean anything bad in other Mm -hmm. languages. (laughs) Be um, something that we could register from a legal point of view and that wouldn't uh, sort of face obstacles when it comes to uh, political connotations, cultural connotations, mm-hmm. linguistical connotations mm-hmm. and things like that. Was there any consideration given in the brief about what feeling or perception you wanted the brand to convey? Yes. Uh, at some point we were discussing whether or not the name had to mean anything. Mm-hmm. And if the name would mean anything, it would have been beautiful if it had meant, I don't know, hygiene or health in Latin or <laughs> something related to care or, or uh, health or, or well-being. But uh, considering this, uh, this tight link through the steering group, we had a, a few splits in the road uh, on, on the way where we were guided by the steering group in terms of, of that particular fact. The name didn't have to mean anything. And uh, that was... That was also good, I believe, because uh, I think that the whole project team, we lived and breathed and slept and dreamt of <laughs> names for a few months. We had two agencies that uh, helped us sort of generate names. Uh, the two agencies uh, were with us for the first phase of the project, which was outspoken uh, only to generate the name and then we would decide at one point in time or uh, at a hurdle in the project whether or not we would go for one or the other agency when it came to the next step of development in terms of developing the um, the brand and the logo and everything that goes with, with the name. So uh, the two agencies kept sort of generating names probably between October, November and December <laughs> of 2016. And we looked at I would say thousands of names. (laughs) We tried to pronounce them. We tried to um, sort of search for for connotations and and, uh, what sort of sat best both with us as a company and and the culture and history that we come from, but also, uh, of course, in relation to what we had already agreed upon in the brief. Mm -hmm. So the two agencies kept generating names and uh, at the same time, because we have a lot of brands in the company, we also have a brand, uh, a, a big brand registry of our own. So uh, if you couple the couple of thousands of names generated by the agencies, 
probably some five, six, seven hundred names of our own uh, registry (laughs) and uh, a couple of names that came in from employees as uh, sort of suggestions in the process. We had quite a lot of names to think about. Quite a few, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so, uh, you mentioned employees. So so I'm guessing because of the sort of the confidentiality or the sort of secrecy around this Mm. process, there wasn't a lot of you know, sort of, it wasn't like crowdsourcing across the, the entire uh, organization. But once the name was revealed, mm. I'm guessing people had opinions. So how did how did the employees of, of the company around the world react? So we, we did involve employees to some extent. We welcomed all input from everyone through the whole process. But we weren't really able to share any of the actual process around those names. But uh, once it was revealed in in April uh, in in 2017, it's like with with, uh, everything that people can think about (laughs) in life, right? Some people loved it, some people liked it, and some didn't have a a feeling for it. Uh, (laughs) But obviously a brand needs to be filled with meaning, and we knew that from the start. Most employees of SCA, uh, I think most employees of any company, they feel pretty strongly about their company name. It's their company belonging. uh, And you can just go back to yourself and think about what a name is for you. It's the it's the, the letters above your door on your post box. It has a lot of attachment. Uh, and SEA also had quite a lot of attachment. SEA means uh, Swedish cellulose, and then the A is for for shareholding uh, or limited in Sweden. So it was clear that SEA would belong to the forestry side of the business, and that uh, SED to be would need a new name, or the hygiene business would need a new name. It was a it was a lot of reactions yeah. uh, around changing a name, but I think people also understood towards the end that mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Yeah. We uh-huh. we are going to need a new name, and we are going to need something that will really set us uh, apart from our competition and and to guide us along the new route, if you wish. So um, if I go back again to the autumn of uh, of, of twenty sixteen, uh, one very important aspect if you look aside or set aside the other aspects of the brief was also to be able to get the .com domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Today uh, it is absolutely crucial to uh, think through your your online and your digital perspectives when it comes to communications and um, as it turned out towards the end of the year both agencies that we were working with had actually come up with the name Essity. Oh, wow. um, and until that point, we had uh, we had been faced with and, and sort of tested and um, tried out a couple of names in the process just to find out that, well, it, it wasn't going to be uh, to be viable for whatever reason, mm-hmm. probably legal reasons. And uh, a few names we as a project team, we were we were really sad that we weren't able to to continue with. Uh, because even though the communicative story is being developed at a later stage, you're kind of thinking about that in, in parallel to uh, to uh, deciding on the name in a way. 
So uh, once we had uh, agreed that we were going to uh, continue with SED as our preferred choice, we also found out, I think it was in January of 2017, uh, that it wasn't entirely available. Uh, so we had to uh, we had to uh, buy the dot com domain and and the the trademark. Uh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. In New Zealand. So uh, for a couple of probably very uncertain days <laughs> over a, a weekend or so, we uh, we were hoping <laughs> and uh, because we didn't know, we decided to go with parallel tracks. We actually had a name in the company already uh, that uh, we almost developed the, the communicative story for in parallel to working with a city until we knew that we would be able to secure the uh, uh, the city name in full, so to speak. So as you've said, the um, it was really important to make sure that the brand name was legally available, that it um, was linguistically okay in the markets that you operate, all of those kind of more practical considerations. I guess the question was, you said that there were two names, ultimately, that you came down to, Essity and something else. What was the less practical reason why you believe Essity was the better choice? I think it all came down to the fact that we were going to launch a new company to the market. Even though we've been around for a long, long, long time, uh, it would uh, it would be uh, a spin-off from SEA and it would be a new listing uh, on the Stockholm Stock Exchange. And uh, we felt that we needed a fresh start. So it was um, uh, it was clear that if SED was was available, it would be the better choice for many reasons, including the ones that you stated, but also the fact that we really wanted to to make a fresh start for the new company. the new name, Essity, to the marketplace, did you measure to see if it was actually doing what you what you expected it to do in terms of the of the perceptions that it conveys? Mm. Um, what was important to you? What, I don't know, did you set KPIs for <laughs> yeah. how well you were going to communicate the new name? 
So uh, yes, uh, so the the corporate brand basically talks to uh, to a business to business audience, to our customers, uh, talks to uh, regulators, public affairs, talks to uh, um, last but not least our employees, uh, but also to the financial market. Uh, so we we had uh, activity plans that covered all of those um, aspects and uh, started to communicate heavily after so let's put it like this we were uh, we were we were blessed that we had a good presentation to uh, the board of directors and uh, the board of directors had earlier in the process said we only want one name which was also good for us because we all know what happens if you get two options right <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, so the the board in February of 2017 um, approved the whole concept and presentation, including mock-ups of uh, the logo and signs day and night, big factories, smaller offices, uh, how it would look on packs, how it would look in advertising, social media on websites. Uh, so uh, we uh, we did a we did a great collective job there, uh, and uh, it was um, so good so that they wanted to uh, they even wanted to present it then uh, at the annual general meeting, who were then supposed to take the decision about a, a, the split a potential split if it would happen or not, uh, and because they voted in favor, we were then sort of prepared to to share uh, how the how the name would look and feel in a way. So uh, the stock listing uh, and the um, the actual split didn't happen until mid-June. So we had a little grace period in between to continue to work uh, <laughs> very, very, very hard on setting the uh, everything from the brand instructions to the guidelines around the name and also finalize the communications plan for mm. all of our prioritized target audiences. So we had a, a larger team then uh, that could uh, and uh, worked with this. So that was good. But when it comes to, um, I guess your question also implies uh, how do we measure uh, the the awareness and perception of the brand? We're, we're very humble to the fact that we start from scratch uh, and uh, that the familiarity around the name would be very low. So we have uh, continued to communicate to these audiences um, through uh, well, an, an integrated communications plan for the last two years almost now. And we are currently in the midst of carrying out uh, an awareness and perception study with Kantar uh, on uh, the familiarity and favorability of the SED brand. So uh, we're very humble to the fact that it will probably be rather low to start <laughs> with. But uh, on the other hand, we really, really dependent on that result uh, so that we can set the right benchmarks, the right KPIs and the right objectives and subsequently the right communications plan for SED going forward. So I'm really, really looking forward to the result of this, which will come in sometime between quarter one and quarter two this year. Do you think that the response to the name will be the same between those different stakeholders, between investors and regulators and employees? Do you think the name you've come up with is likely to convey different things to those different audiences, or do you think it's a name that will be that, that I think the name and, and the name and the communications plan you put together will be? Yeah. 
consistently clear. I, I hope so. With prioritized audiences, we've been very, very clear on, uh, first of all, SED is a global leading company within hygiene and health. We've been extremely consistent mm. on um, uh, on communicating that. Uh, we're also communicating the fact that SED stands or stems from the English words essentials and necessities, which is literally mm. what we do. We provide hygiene essentials and necessities that people rely on, use, love every day. And uh, we also believe that that, uh, that story is, uh, is very clear. So we'll, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. I have high hopes. Not about the awareness levels, but uh, the perception levels among those who know us. I hope it's clear that SED is, um, is a company with their loved brands, investments, call it uh, regulatory uh, affairs uh, issues, that we're a trustworthy partner when it comes to that, uh, that we're a company that uh, people also want to work for. So in terms of Essity, so that's a corporate brand. Uh, and then, you know, we've mentioned lots of the, you know, the household names around the world that, that are the, you know, the sort of the, the product brands um, in the portfolio. So how does that how does that work from a sort of value standpoint and, and, and for whom is that corporate brand particularly relevant? Yeah. So as you say, all of our customer consumer brands, they have their own positioning uh, within their own field. Um, but as a corporate brand that is the mother of all of these uh, or, or this whole portfolio, it's important to stand for credentials that the product brands shouldn't or couldn't build on their own or where we as a corporate brand are stronger together. So even though they have their own communications to the market and their own um, portfolio to the market, uh, I believe that as a corporate brand, you can stand for the financial solidity of uh, of the investments and and of the the business as a big group and that gives um, credentials to all of the brands and all of the operations of a larger corporation. Uh, SED is one of the most sustainable companies in the world uh, and uh, that is also an area where I believe that it is stronger if you can build those credentials uh, on an overall level than each and every brand having to build their own sustainability positionings by themselves. And it's an area where obviously SED wouldn't be anything without its different components. But when we build those up to a big whole or a big sort of entity, it is stronger than uh, if each and everyone would would sort of um, operate on their own. And and last but not least, uh, I um, also believe that regardless if you work for Ten Hour Torque or, or Libero or Body Form, uh, you go to the market as Essity. You're employed by Essity and the whole employer brand and the employer value proposition sits with the corporate brand of Essity. I'd like to follow up on the point you made just there because I think it's an important one that Oftentimes, the ability for a company to communicate its corporate social responsibility values is, you've said, is sometimes easier with the corporate brand name than it is for the individual brands to um, to sustain that. I think that's an interesting idea, and it's actually one that it's a conversation that I've had um, multiple times in the past in the companies that I've worked for. Why do you believe it's 
easier for a corporate brand to communicate those values than it is for individual brands? I think reach is one thing, and uh, uh, it probably comes down to um, to trust as well, uh, that uh, that you gain trust and that you can show off this big trust by lifting it to a higher level and talking about it from a higher standpoint. Uh, so the changes that we will be making won't happen here and now and today, that it may uh, if you do it through a brand and you buy a pack and by buying that pack you may support a cause but uh, all of that together that we can talk about from an overall company point of view will make great changes along the way and towards 2030 if you wish when the sustainable development goals reach their kind of their deadline so um, I think that uh, you need both you need to to uh, to do it here and now through your products and brands and all of the little things that we are all doing on a daily basis. But I also think that that needs to be a part of a larger cause or a larger route towards something much, much further away in the future. It does set that that guiding principle for then all of the the sort of the brands in the portfolio. Um, because now there there's a sort of there's a single corporate so in, in the case of sustainability there's a sort of a single corporate position on that uh, that is part of the corporate brand and so uh, it's maybe an organizing framework then in that sense as well for Definitely. all the other little brands to kind of get aligned yes uh, and we know uh, there's good research that's come out of side business school for instance on um, this this concept of strategic alignment and and this is probably one good way I think in your case to to do that in that you sort of have it, it's not that it's a sort of a top-down uh, you know standing on top of the mountain saying mm. we will be this and then everyone else has to get in line but it's it's a principle that does help get everyone of the brands mm. within the portfolio kind of at that level absolutely I mean the the objectives and the goals are set on a group level and uh, uh, we can only do it through the the activities and initiatives and and the operations uh, of of our brands. You've been listening to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School and Kantar. Find more episodes and related content at uk.cantar.com or at sbs.oxford.edu. Thank you.